Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. we got to update that. I, in 2017, I'm not so sure I even know what that means anymore, <laughs> the conservative with compassion. At any rate, welcome uh, to the uh, Thursday edition of Lifeline for this 28th day of September. And we're great, uh, grateful to have you along for another edition of the program. We've got who's hanging out in the traffic department? Brian Peacock is uh, with us uh, once again tonight in the KFAX Traffic Center. Keep you apprised of the Thursday ride home. Looking a whole lot better today than it did yesterday. Oh, boy. In fact, the last couple of days between that uh, fire in the Oakland Hills and then the uh, closure of the 80 yesterday, that I think just it, it was a domino effect on the commute across the entire San Francisco Bay Area. When you couple that with how remarkable we're doing in terms of the so-called recovery, the Bay Area GDP now exceeds that of the Netherlands. Um, we saw something like 5.4% GDP. This country as a whole hasn't seen numbers like that in I don't know forever. Uh, we kind of linger around, you know, 2.5%. I think last year was 23 or 2.4%. It's pretty, been pretty, pretty dismal since the days of threes and fours and certainly never seen 5.4s. Wow. But that's the Bay Area steam that drives this engine, of course, along with it. Home prices that have been through the roof. Did you read, by the way, the median price for a home in the San Francisco Bay Area? The median price, $742,000. And if you'd like to live in San Francisco, you better earn at least $178,000 a year. Otherwise, you will not be able to afford the, afford the median price for a home there of $1.1 million. That is a lot of do-re-mi. All right. We're going to talk about the elephant in the room. Had to do it. So here we are. The protests. Everybody is talking about it. It all began, for those of you that don't remember, with San Francisco 49er Colin Kaepernick. He started it with the intent, I think, of bringing the issue of police brutality and injustices visited upon black Americans to an audience that might otherwise be neutral or not be paying that close attention. I suppose it could be argued that most people turn to professional sports for escapism and not necessarily to think about social justice. But that at least was the initial point back in the fall of 2016. Fast forward a year and a month, and that message seems to be drowned out. In fact, if anything, um, maybe representing over the weekend a sense of unity and anger towards President Trump and free speech more than the core message of systemic racism challenges that we face here in America. Couple that 
with a frustration, I think, by some that the message seems to, at least in the the loss of translation, so to speak, um, mudding the water so much now that not only can you not really hear the core message anymore, uh, but a whole other group of people now are being offended by all of this. And I think at the end of the day, perhaps what began as good intentions a year ago in 2016 here in San Francisco, now taking place nationally with about 150 members, I think, all told of the NFL uh, participating in the kneel during the anthem or be missing during the anthem protest last Sunday as more of a poke in the eye towards military families and veterans. We're going to talk through this very delicate issue as we're joined by Lieutenant Colonel Larkin Spivey. He is a combat Marine, theologian, and war historian. He is the author of a number of best-selling books, including God in the Trenches, Miracles of the American Revolution, Battlefields and Blessings, Stories of Faith and Courage from World War II, and his latest book, What Do We Stand For? And uh, Lieutenant Colonel Spivey, good to have you on the program. Hey, Craig. Thanks for having me this evening. This is, a, this is a delicate issue. I, I, I think certainly anybody who has paid attention to news over the last several years now, from Ferguson to Charlottesville to just the, the experience that is shared by many African Americans in this country, recognize that there are still challenges in relationship to uh, racial parity and race relations in our country that um, we get a lot to do, do a lot of work on. Um, that said... Now this most recent series of protests leading up to the events of last Sunday, the president's uh, interjecting himself into all of this argument, now seems to have created a whole new level of not only noise but conversation that I think at the end of the day is taking the, the focus off of the real subject in hand here and now leading a lot of Americans who had loved ones who died in America's wars walking away with the sense that, well, I don't really know much about your protest because all I know is you're disrespecting my country. What do you think of this? What is the reaction by members of the United States military and their families to the protests? Craig, I, I, I guess I have to try hard to uh, re- remind myself that this may be a sensitive issue, as you try to explain. Uh, but I have difficulty uh, considering it to be a sensitive issue because I get so angry I can hardly stand it when I see uh, these athletes. I, I mean, they're like children to me. Uh, and I just say, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing um, because they're, they're making people angry. And, and I can't speak for all veterans. I can only speak for myself and the veterans I know. But we are incensed that football players are disrespecting America. And I stand behind our president. To say that he's being divisive is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. He's standing up for America. And uh, this latest round of protests over the weekend, last weekend, was just a spiteful reaction to President Trump. I, I don't think all these athletes have a clue of what... Uh, they're protesting 
Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but that's my take. Well, I think some do, some perhaps don't. I certainly know that insofar as the reactions that I've been watching from the general public, the items that I'm reading in letters to the editor and news coverage from both sides on this, it, it at least seems to me that uh, no matter how well-meaning perhaps, albeit perhaps in the viewpoint of some misplaced, the original intent was, uh, the waters have been muddied so much now that you can't even find the message anymore. And, and I also find it interesting, the, the bit of a double standard here in the handling of this case by the media, in that it isn't that long ago that Tim Tebow also kneeled on a football field. He knelt in prayer, and he yeah. was eviscerated by the mainstream media right and left for having the gumption to kneel on the field and pray, and yet the very same organizations that so highly criticized and mocked Tim Tebow for doing that a few years ago um, now are siding with the opposite opinion. Now, granted, it may be for different reasons. Maybe part of this, again, is is demonstrative of the fact that some people are taking advantage of the original intent of this message to sort of promote their own agenda. Do you think that's true? Well, I, I guess it is, Craig. Uh, the, the original intent, as I understand it from Colin Kaepernick, had to do with protesting police brutality. And... Uh, Again, I stand with the men and women in uniform, whether they're blue or camo. I mean, the police are the last people that need to be the focus of, of our protests in our country. These people are standing on the, the real front lines defending America uh, from all the things going on in our communities that are endangered that are endangering all of us. Well, they're, they're certainly, we'll put it this way, they're certainly the first ones that we always turn to whenever we're threatened. Um, if, if somebody's breaking into my house, breaking into my car, or about to threaten me or my family with bodily harm, um, I'm not picking up the phone and asking for a gathering of protesters. I'm picking up the phone, I'm calling 911, and I'm asking for the police to respond. That said, there is a percentage of people in this country that say, we have been on the receiving end of behavior by the police that is less than balanced, less than fair, less than respectful, and there has been sort of a proverbial line drawn in the sand because of all of this. I think that the the protest initially by Colin Kaepernick uh, sort of began drawing that line uh, line in the sand in the sports arena that, of course, has a, he's got a big platform and a big megaphone, so it's a way to get attention. My concern is, at the end of the day, is that attention, as it has sort of devolved now in, into this spat of more and more people being offended, going to wind up doing something that will create a concrete contribution towards positive change, or does it sadly get lost as a shallow statement? We're going to talk about this, and we want you to join the conversation as well. The toll-free number to call, 888 That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. These protests began here with the San Francisco 49ers in the Bay Area a year ago, August. And now, of course, have spread across the country. And the rhetoric is being ratcheted up, I think, on both sides here. And certainly we've now seen everybody from team owners weighing in on the topic to even the president of the United States. I have to wonder if we look back on this a year from now, a month from now, will anybody remember Colin Kaepernick's initial point? Or are we going to simply be lost on the perception of 
veterans, that the American flag is being disrespected, the national anthem is being disrespected. And I have to wonder, as we go to the phones here in a moment, if part of the problem here is that instead of using this, how should I phrase this, instead of using the flag and the anthem, the ideals in a perfect world that it represents as a unifying point for us to work together to affect change, we're allowing this to divide us even further. I mean, you think about the phraseology, all men are created equal, okay? That is an ideal that is built into the heritage of our nation. And I think it could be reasonably argued that the national anthem, the singing thereof, the playing thereof, the displaying of the American flag, is symbolic of those ideals. We may not effectively be living up to those ideals right now, but nevertheless, those symbols are supposed to represent those ideals. So should we use those symbols to unite us and say, guys, we're falling short of the mark here. We need to get it together and do a better job of living up to the ideals that those things represent, those symbols represent, or do we sadly allow this to evolve into some national enquiry or headline story where now we no longer remember what the original protest is about. We just know that everybody's mad against everybody and nothing gets accomplished. So that's the question posed to you tonight. Lieutenant Colonel Larkin Spivey is with us. He is a combat Marine, theologian, war historian. And we're going to get to your calls. 888 That's 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. I do have a favor to ask. Don't not call me now and share your viewpoint, your understanding on this topic your concerns about this topic with the general audience in the Bay Area and instead wait till tomorrow and then send me an email. We need to hear what you think. The question I'm posing is, has this latest round now muddied the water so much that we can't even find the message anymore? What is a more effective way of affecting change, making a concrete concrete contribution to Uh, the furtherance of racial parity, racial balance, fairness, that all men created equal ideal, how do we do that better? And how do we do that better as the church? So your chance to sound off, 888-367-5329, 888-367-5329. I'm not asking for your emails tomorrow. I'm asking for your telephone calls tonight. 888-367-5329, 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X, 521. Let's head over to the KFAX Traffic Center and the latest with Brian Peacock. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, welcome back to the conversation here on this Thursday edition of Lifeline. We have uh, ever so slightly, or maybe largely, cracked open the proverbial can of worms here um, on the heels of what transpired over the weekend and all the protests going on and protests over the protests and so on and so forth. I, I guess the big question I'm asking is, is the original focus here getting lost? And how do we bring back the dialogue to that? Um, and is this the proper stage? Now, my engineer had a good point. He said, well, you know, this started with one guy, didn't get a lot of attention. Uh, so is this trying to 
uh, lend a louder voice by escalation of participation, multiple individuals, multiple teams in multiple cities in order to create greater awareness. And that may very well be uh, a part of the intent here. Is that the message that's being received, however, and it sounds like the response, particularly from white America, seems to be just the opposite. Let's get to some of your calls tonight for Lieutenant Colonel Larkin Spivey. We're going to begin first, uh, let's see, Jarrell, in Oakland and Sandra. Thanks so much for holding. Come on in. You're on KFAX. Are you talking about me, Sandra? I am talking. No, I'm not talking about you. I'd never talk about you, Sandra. I like you too much, but I'm talking to you. <laughs> Go right ahead. I'm Sandra. I believe that, and, and it's sad for me to say this, but our president is the one who turned this thing around. I think Tabernacle was really clear on his message, and I think because the president attacked this man's right to protest, and the way he did it was so un, uncouth, calling the people SOBs and all that, and he's the president. You know, and we've had presidents in the past who cursed. I mean, yeah, you know, they're human beings. But, I mean, it was just so raunchy and low lighted. And so I think the problem was because of the fact the way he approached it and he did not do it in a way that was respectful of an American citizen having the right to protest and everything. Thank you. And I think that that's why it has gotten so out of hand. My father, my brother, I've had relatives all my life, and I'm an African-American woman, and my dad was from Mississippi, so he had his uh, schoolhouse burnt down seven times before he graduated from high school, so you know my history in America. But what I'm saying is, my dad served with honor in World War II, my dad, my brother served with honor in the Korean, so what I'm saying is that uh, there, there uh, uh, he, I think the president may, took it to a whole different level. My grandmother would say, uh, Sandra, threw gas on the fire. There you go. And he made it raunchy instead of saying, hey, you guys, I understand, you know, you feel like, you know, blacks and brown people of color are getting killed by police sometimes unjustly. Okay. So, but, let, you know, let's now try to work on that. Not start calling people, cursing people out, calling their mother bees. Yeah, yeah, be careful there. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I get your point, and, and you're right. Certainly we've had plenty of salty-mouthed presidents, although normally we didn't find out about it until they either got, uh, you know, left office or uh, or they were recording, and the recordings went public. Richard Nixon, are you listening? Um, and, and I guess Johnson was a big one in that, too. He had quite the – could turn the air quite blue. Um, I, I think, unfortunately, as you're suggesting, Sandra, the way the president interjected himself in this, unfortunately, at a level, then the story became about him and the style of his response and anger towards Trump, once again, dimming the volume of the original point here um, from the very get-go. And then the other issue here, too, and let me turn back to Lieutenant Colonel Spivey, that that part of this then becomes, as you expressed at the get-go, a, a, a percentage of Americans who say, you know, I, I served my country on behalf of that flag. That symbol means a lot to me. And there are millions of Americans down through our wars that died for that flag. And what 
people believe that flag represents, that when they perceive that it is being disrespected, take offense to that. Hey, I appreciate your viewpoint, and I, I enjoy listening to it. Um, unfortunately, when you hear my viewpoint, you're hearing the opposite side of, of yours, but, and it probably starts with what we think of our president. But uh, I represent people who I feel who feel like the president is saying things that we wish we could say in that, in that forceful a way. Um, he, I feel like he is trying to stand up for America against people who are trying to tear it down. And to me, the, the protest at the NFL games is tearing down. It's not trying to uh, reach any kind of solutions or, or reach any kind of peaceful resolution of a problem. Uh, what, what, it is making people angry out here, and, and, and that's my viewpoint that I'm trying to get across. Well, and, and, and again, it's it certainly, as I suggested earlier, I think shifting the focus of the conversation and the momentum off of the racial issue and on to the anger that is being stirred up, quite frankly, on both sides of this equation here. But is there any validity, in your opinion, to the notion that, well, more and more NFL players taking the knee... Uh, are are doing so in an attempt to try and sort of uh, raise the volume, so to speak, of the point that Kaepernick was trying to make a year ago with the feeling that here we are a year later and there is a perception amongst some that nothing has changed, nothing has improved, and so uh, we need to turn up the volume. What of that perspective? Well, well, well I, I believe that, that Sandra is kind of reinforcing the, the point I made that from my perspective, the escalation and the protest are purely a reaction to President Trump. They feel like he is, as you just said, throwing gas on the fire and he's doing inappropriate things, so we're going to counter-protest him. And that's what I, that's my perception of what's going on on the football field. All right, and there, there we, certainly is, we, uh, you know, there certainly is something to that. All right, uh, do we have time for one more call here, Jarrell, before the break? Yeah, he said yes, okay. He's the boss. I just follow instructions. Uh, Tom in San Rafael, you're up next. Come on in. Your thoughts or comments on the topic? And a question, if you, if any, for Lieutenant Colonel Larkin Spivey. Hey, thanks, Craig, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it and the freedom of speech that comes with that. I am a four-year Navy veteran, Vietnam era. And I was on the USS Intrepid for three years. So I'm a very patriotic American. And um, I feel that the football players may have points to make, but we don't see them making those points when they take the knee or refuse to stand up for a national anthem. I think they're very misguided. And instead of the general public seeing them as making points, which they're not, why, by the way, why don't they make up a list and get to the public newspapers or their congressmen or whoever? How about city council members with those? But instead, the way that they're being perceived is that they're attacking our national emblem, the flag, and they're attacking our national anthem and truly bringing dishonor, uh, I think, to themselves. And uh, do you remember that once Kaepernick started his... Uh, refusing to stand for the national anthem. The um, 49ers, I think fittingly, went on an 11-game losing streak. I thought that was more than just a coincidence. So if I were to say anything to football players who are listening, I'd say get your points really well thought out and down on paper 
and submit them to authorities who actually have power to bring about changes. Don't do it when you're at work. Uh, do it at other times and in other places. Well, I, I think I think some might respond by saying, well, we've attempted to do that. We, we've tried to raise attention, and we feel as if we're not being heard. And so um, if in another fashion, now I'm, I'm hearkening back to the, the marches that took place in Alabama, much of what led up to eventually the 1964 Civil Rights Act, that um, quiet, peaceful protest wasn't getting much attention uh, getting 100,000 people to march out in the middle of the streets down through the center of Selma got attention and, and wound up getting some positive momentum going in this country. And I think that there are many that feel as if we've kind of stalled, in some respects maybe regressed. And so part of this, I think, is trying to lend a greater voice to get the attention of, of white America. And if you won't listen to us calmly, then maybe getting you a little bit angry will get you to listen to us. My concern, as I said it from the get-go, is I think maybe in a lot of circles this is having just the opposite effect because now people are so focused on a sense of disrespect for the flag or the national anthem that growing numbers of Americans can't even tell you what this protest is about. Right. I hear that. And I don't know what else to say other than uh, they need someone like Dr. Martin Luther King to arise from the ranks of the NFL from amongst the players and lead them in really meaningful civil action, uh, the kind that he took, the kind that actually got results. That's my take on the uh, situation. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tom. I appreciate your telephone call, and thank you for your service. All right. We take a brief time out. We're going to get back to more of your calls. 888-367-5329, 888-FORKFAX. If you have a phone line, hang on to them. They're rare. If you want to grab the one line that remains, here's a chance to jump in. 888-367-5329. 5329. They say I say that way too fast. That's the coffee talking. 888 367 5329. Or if you prefer spelling on your telephone, it's 888 F O R K F A X. Traffic now, 535. An update for you once again with Brian Peacock in the KFAX Traffic Center. Brian? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. My engineer, Jarrell, much wiser than his years, points out that, you know, uh, this has now kind of gotten to the point where both sides are trying to make their point and insisting upon being heard and validated, and nobody's going to be willing to back down. So, you know, we're we're like a couple of... Uh, uh, cats that have kind of, you know, stalked each other and the fur is raised and they're back on their haunches ready to pounce. And uh, here we find ourselves at the impasse. Um, I, I guess the question is, this raises not only attention to the topic, although it's getting to be muddied, as I've suggested, I believe that, um, but then what is the end game here? So there, there's the other question to what is supposed to happen, and and let me pose that before we get to our next caller to Lieutenant Colonel Spivey. At the end of the day here, there is a percentage, and we've seen this, of Americans that have served in our country that take great offense to any offense to the flag. Uh, Even the notion I've struggled with this. Um, The American flag represents a symbol of freedom, um, and yet I recoil at the notion of somebody exercising that freedom to light that flag on fire, even though that flag allows them to do it. 
And so I guess it comes down to what is your relationship with those symbols and, and, and how important do you view them. But I have to wonder at what point here then, as this protest may continue to escalate, at what point does what side, what side, which side rather, back down and, and how do we know who's won here? Do you have any idea? Well, I'm not sure about that, Craig, but I, I'm, I'm very much impressed by the even-handed manner in which you're trying to address this. And, and I know I'm coming across pretty one-sided in my angry outbursts, but you're doing a great job of trying to be very even-handed, and, and maybe that's part of the solution. Uh, people like yourself try to bring the sides more together than they are. Well, we have to kind of, I think, see each other's viewpoints. I mean, I think the, the one thing, and I let me put in the disclaimer here, that I do not, by any stretch of the imagination, mean to suggest that I think somehow I have the authority, so to speak, to speak for black America. But if I've learned anything down through the years from my black friends, it is this, that Many black Americans are at a level simply seeking to be heard and to be validated in their pain, their loss, and their experiences. When you looked at what happened in Ferguson, for example, for all that we can recoil with and say went wrong and and bad on both sides, and I think there's plenty of blame to to lay on both sides, in the end, I think what frustrated so many was just the validation of saying, boy, you have been wronged. There are some injustices here. There are some imbalances here. There are some perceptions here that we have not acknowledged. Failure to do that has just made things even worse because a lot of African Americans are saying, can can you at least hear me? Can you please at least hear me? Now, under the current circumstances, oh, all right, people are listening. The question I'm posing is, but are they hearing, and what are they hearing? And some are hearing, yeah, um, there are more people than just Colin that are willing to speak up and say there's an issue here in America that we really need to start to get serious about. And then there are others that are saying, you don't understand how many people in my family fought for that flag or how I nearly died for that flag. And I take those symbols and the freedoms and the ideals of which that flag stands for and that national anthem stands for seriously. Longtime listeners to this program know that in the months immediately following 9-11, we ended this show every single night with a different version of the national anthem. And I started the show every single afternoon with a different version of God Bless America to prove a point and to incite a sense of unity and and help to bring us together. See, that's what I think those symbols mean to me. And I would almost wonder if we could be more effective if we said, let's not forget what those symbols stand for and return to that. All right, back to more of your calls here. I'm going to step off of my soapbox. Jeffrey in San Jose. Jeffrey, thanks so much for your patience. Welcome. You're on KFAX. Hello, Craig. I want to thank you. First, I want to thank you for your show and, and uh, what you guys um, bring to uh, to the air. And um, I want to thank the colonel for his service. Um, I, 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 all I can say is that um, I, I, I understand what Colin Kaepernick was doing uh, with Black Life Matters, and I, I think all lives matter. And uh, any time that there's uh, violence against people that haven't broke the law and 
and uh, were were targeted uh, by violent people. It doesn't matter if they're police officers or or whatever they are. It's wrong. And the only thing I think that Colin Kaepernick did was um, the way he protested. And 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 to me, the, the national anthem is not where you want to protest. Uh, it's uh, it, it's a symbol of freedom, like you were saying. It's a symbol of uh, our country, and uh, I believe that it's just uh, it's just not the place or, or 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 the time to do it. What they do before the anthem, and what they do after the anthem, uh, it may be a better platform for them to do that. But it, again, like the previous, like the like the colonel said, is is that you know really. They, they really should have this defined out or, or, or have people understand it, because I think you guys are right. I think it's kind of got clouded now, and everybody's attacking Trump and attacking conservatives and, 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 and all that stuff. Well, both sides. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard vile things being said about, about both ends of this equation, the players that knelt and protested, those that didn't, uh, the one guy that started out to stand and then turns out that he only showed up they were standing because he got on the field late and it kind of seemed to backpedal and here he is a U.S. veteran. That got pretty convoluted pretty quickly. Um, you know, I, I, I guess at one level I'm going to pose a question here um, and I'm going back to my original point with regard to the symbolism behind the national anthem and the flag and the ideals for which it, it, it stands for. Uh, it could be argued by African Americans in this country going back into our early years, that following the, the writing of those words, um, all men are created equal, that we then did a very lousy job demonstrating that, and to come back and to a degree call our bluff. This is what I mean. Don't we do that as Christians all the time? We say, "Hey, wait a minute! You claim to be a Christian, and yet you've got you know you're married with uh, four girlfriends on the side, and nobody knows anything about it." So wait a minute! I'm calling your bluff. You are not living up to the ideals that you claim to prescribe to. And there's been a long period of history in which this, this country has failed to live up to the ideals that it stands for, and yet. We've still succeeded at being one of the most freest nations on earth and the nation that everybody wants to come to. I mean, I've always found it ironic in my overseas travels that there are many, 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 many countries in this world that build walls. Donald Trump is not the first one to say put up a wall along the border. But here's the difference. Those countries put up the walls to keep people in. We're one of the few that suggests we need a wall to keep them out. So there is a recognition of what this country has to offer in spite of its shortcomings and challenges and foibles that, quoting Churchill here, democracy is the second worst form of government, all others being first. And so while we are far from perhaps being perfect, we are better than many, and yet I think it's healthy to acknowledge that we've got some ways to go. So how do you get that dialogue going so that we can... Both sides need to be heard here. How do we make that happen without killing each other, literally or proverbially? And how do we know when we're starting to make serious progress? That's that's the one thing I think that hasn't quite been outlined here. All right. I want to thank you, Jeffrey, for your call. We're going to thank Lieutenant Colonel Larkin Spivey for being with us. 
Colonel, thank you for your time. You've gotten, uh, I think, a, a good-spirited conversation going here. We thank you also for your service to our nation. And I, I hope that listeners on the other side of this equation have also heard you out in terms of your concerns and and the the sense of offense that you're taking to what you believe to be, and I don't want to put words in your mouth here, but the, 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 the sense that you have that the symbols that you have fought for and that you value, you feel as if are being disrespected. And I think your side needs to be heard, too. Well, thank you for the opportunity to, to talk about it, Craig. I, I do feel strongly about it, but, but I've learned a lot listening to your approach, and thank you for what you're doing. All right. We appreciate, again, your time there. Once again, Lieutenant Colonel Larkin Spivey, Combat Marine, and uh, his latest book is called What Do We Stand For? American Ideals in the War Against Islamic Jihad. All right, we're going to take a time out. Uh, you're on hold. I want you to stay right there because we are going to get to your call coming up next. Uh, But we need to take care of a little bit of business, as they say, and get you updated first and foremost on traffic. Let's do that right now. The KFAX Traffic Center, Brian Peacock's got the latest. Brian, what's up out there? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. You know, there's a wonderful scriptural lesson behind all of this. You knew we'd get to that eventually, right? Or at least hoped we would. Um, There is the sinful side of us that is screaming so loudly, I want to be heard. And that can be argued on both sides. I mean, people saying, you know, they're taking a knee because they want to be heard. They're just, this is selfishness. They just want to be heard. Um, And, you know, we as the creation have had a lot of that in our relationship with God. We want God to hear everything we have to say and everything we think and what we're feeling. And yet seldom, or at least insufficiently so, enough have we been in this position of saying, Lord, I want to hear from you. We could turn a lot of this thing around if we would surrender some of that selfishness, and as much as we have it backwards in our relationship with God most of the time, we have it backwards in our relationships with each other that we are so eager to be heard, you've got to hear me, listen to me. What a relief it would be if both sides would stand up and scream and yell instead of screaming and yelling, I want to be heard, would instead say, I want to hear you. I want to hear you. What a difference could be made if we could just get to that point. Jonathan Vallejo, thank you, sir, for calling. Thank you for your patience. You're on Lifeline. Welcome. Craig, thank you so much for having me on. Um, First-time caller, uh, short-time listener. But, but I just want to thank you so much, and um, giving thanks to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, first and foremost, um, for allowing Christian views and topics such as this to be aired. And I just want to thank the, the countless men and women out here that are in the service that are providing these freedoms that we have. Um, Craig, I think that America has become, for lack of a better word, spoiled. Um, we have forgotten that it has taken blood, sweat, and tears to to have what we have in America. Um, you you were talking about how we have been neglecting the image or what the image of the flag represents, and I think that's exactly what what we have done in this country. We have forgotten that uh, women and men have died to for us to have these freedoms, and I can understand how it's such a 
touchy issue when it comes to, to people in the service when they see that their flag is disrespected. And um, I'm not a big sports advocate, but, you know, these guys that are taking the knees, it's become more of a mockery towards President Trump. Um, that's just what it is, plainly from, from my point of view. That's how I see it is. It's just a, a point of uh, mockery to President Trump, and now it's just become this, uh, like, like you were saying, your engineer had made the point, like kind of a cat fight now. And um, I think that uh, until the Lord actually starts opening um, people's eyes and getting them to see uh, just how blessed we are in this country, um, to start appreciating one another, and uh, then then we can tackle issues like this. But going forward, I mean, just seeing how the state is, is everything is now, um, it's just going to be one ugly grudge match. But I thank God for uh, for Christians as yourself and uh, the people that God has placed in my life to allow me to see the things, um, see past these, uh, um, what, what do I want to say, just these, uh, this just evil, just this evilness in this world, and to have discernment and um, just praying for those people who are just uh, lost and, and caught up in this uh, this funk. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of it goes back to man's sin nature and the fallen nature of the world, um, you know. Uh, I, I know some people are going to bristle when I say this, but um, prejudice and racism is very natural. It's part of our human nature as a fallen creation. Uh, the influence of the original sin that continues to beset us to this day um, this is not the ideal. Now, let me, let me be careful to add that quickly. This may be natural in man's fallen state, but it is not the ideal. This is not what God wants for us. And we should be able to rise above the fray and recognize that this is not what we want for us. I don't know that there is any, other than the really crazy types in certain parts of this country, we have to acknowledge that they exist. But but for most Americans, white Americans, I don't think any white American applauds at the the disadvantages or um, challenges that black Americans face. Nobody looks at a black man that's been shot under questionable circumstances by a white police officer and say, well, that's good. I'm happy for that. Again, aside from the crazies that ought to be locked up in a lunatic bin. Um, but what we're not seeing is the, the, the bigger picture here that all of this is a result of sin nature and that, quite frankly, sin, of course, is, is the, the one issue that the gospel addresses singularly and most effectively than anything else out there. We can talk all we want about trying to change ourselves, and this is where the church has got to do a better job to be in the forefront of this, as we were in the 1950s and 1960s. Everybody likes to lay praise at the feet of Martin Luther King. Uh, more accurately, what happened in the racial advances that occurred in the 1960s was because of the church. Martin Luther King was a minister, and he represented the church, and he led the way, but it was the church. God used the church. And I think that God today is calling on the church 
to come to the same realization that we need to make sure that the other we need we need to stand up and say I want to hear you as opposed to being so desperate to want to be heard and as opposed to being as dismissive as sadly we have been and to I think recognize and acknowledge another's pain both sides need to do this by the way so white america needs to say Colin Kaepernick didn't do this just for no good reason. If anybody out there thinks, well, he thought he would do this because maybe he would, you know, cast him in a hero light and they'd make sure to get a job at the 49ers the next season, come on. If that was the case, that, that, that didn't work. And that, of course, wasn't the case, as we know. But if we're going to see a appreciable change... We need to do a better job at hearing the other side, and I think each side, in, in, in allowing the other side to be heard, needs to acknowledge that there are a goodly percentage of African Americans in this country that have had to deal with the results of racism, institutionalized racism, systemic racism, uh, prejudice, and that you didn't just sign a paper in 1864. Was it five with the Emancipation Proclamation or the 1964 Civil Rights Act or the elimination of Jim Crow laws in this country and suddenly wave a magic wand and everything was changed? The laws may have changed. The hearts, however, did not altogether change. And a lot of this is reflective of the heart condition, the sin condition that I mentioned a moment ago. We need to acknowledge that. Conversely so. African-Americans need to acknowledge that there's a percentage of Americans in this country, I think across racial lines, who say the symbol of what that national anthem or that flag represents for me is so precious that I feel that you are desecrating that symbol when you take a knee to it. And I'm offended by that. And then I think with acknowledgement of that, maybe we can come down and say, okay, now that we've heard each other, let's dig a little bit deeper. Let's find out what's really, peel back the onion, let's find out what's really happening here, and then together work to try to make strides to make a concrete contribution towards change. And unfortunately, this has escalated, I think, where now suddenly it's becoming, as time passes, more and more of a shallower statement and more and people are getting upset. And before you know it, you're going to go, you know, a few months down the road and ask somebody, as we look back on this next January, if it doesn't continue through all of the football season, what was that all about? And most people are going to say, oh, I don't know, a bunch of people were all upset about something. <laughs> We've neither heard each other then, nor have we made any concrete changes to make things better. Shame on us. All right, Jonathan, thank you for your call. Jarrell is giving me the high sign. He does that when the shepherd's crook comes out and <laughs> starts to wrap around my neck, uh, that I need to shut up. Can we do this, Jarrell? Because I've got William, Greg, and Bernadette, who have both been very patient and uh, 
William and, and Bernadette are going to take me off their Christmas card list if I don't get them on the air here shortly. So can we take a real quick, quick, quick timeout? And I want to just get back to their calls so they can be heard on this thing. Then Craig's going to shut up. Uh, some of you said that that should have happened an hour ago. Let's take a timeout. We're back with more here on the Thursday edition of Lifeline. Quickly, traffic. Here is Brian Peacock. Brian. We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. 